The Annex Wealth Management Show on 92.5 Fox News is hosted by Annex Wealth Management, a registered investment advisor. Important information about the qualifications and business practices of Annex is available at AnnexWealth.com. Different types of investments involves varying degrees of risk. Please consult with a qualified fiduciary advisor about your specific situation. Know the difference. Now, the Annex Wealth Management Show on 92.5 Fox News. Hey, good morning, Southwest Florida. Here we go. Annex Wealth Management Show on the air. 92.5 Fox News, Sunday, December 12th. A very quick half hour. It's going to be balanced. We're going to dig in deep on the markets here in a second. And we're going to talk about the fun stuff, how grandparents can bless grandchildren through great financial planning. That's when it gets fun. Thinking about selling your business, Annex Wealth Management going to walk you through what to consider. I'm Danny Clayton. Derek Felsky, Chief Investment Officer at Annex Wealth Management. Good morning to you. Good morning, Danny. Hey, Dave Spano, President and CEO of Annex Wealth Management. Good morning to you. And good morning to you, Danny. There's so much to talk about. You know, one of the things we have to talk about, of course, is what's happening with the Fed. But let's start with what happened with the Dow Jones and the S&P 500, because on Friday we had a really strong close. Right, we did. Uh, the S&P 500 did close at a new all-time high, up 3.8% for the week. Uh, NASDAQ up 39 and small caps up 2.4. So a very strong rebound from last week, which was punctuated by fears about the Omicron virus and the potential for Fed tightening. And the Fed tightening, of course, uh, is going to be part of our conversation here. We got an inflation report on Friday morning showing the highest rate of inflation since 1982. Now, that is just stunning in and of itself. But, of course, if you've been listening to the show, we've been talking that this is not transitory for nearly six months now. And, in fact, now the Fed chair says he's going to retire that term, but you look at that and the market reacted strongly on that news, which might confuse some people. Well, we have mentioned that that inflation, as long as it's not seen to be truly high and, and persistent, uh, can actually be good for equities. Equities do tend to perform well uh, when inflation is accelerating. But the CPI we saw came up 6.8% over the last 12 months, the biggest jump, as you mentioned, in ages. Uh, the other thing is that rents, which traditionally lag the increase in home prices, are also starting to accelerate. Rents make up 30% of CPI, and they were up on a five, at a 5% annualized rate as well. So I think that's part of the reason Powell just had to accept the fact that, that this inflationary uh, uptrend was going to be persistent because rents are going to continue to move higher for the foreseeable future. And they're going to continue to go up. Just think about here in Southwest Florida. I have a friend who had listed their condo for $850,000 early last year and uh, didn't get a bite. Uh, they put it up at 1.35 and got multiple offer so you can see just the incredible demand in real estate. And the reason why I bring up that anecdotal example is around the country when real estate goes up, it makes its way into rent. And sometimes it takes time. So that means it's going to be more persistent. And it's not just the rental equivalency, which is part of CPI, but it is also gas and food. Go to Publix and you can see that beef is up 20% year over year. And of course, it affects different income stratas differently. Right. And lumber prices actually have started to reaccelerate on the upside too. The other thing I found interesting in today's report was that if you take real earnings, now that's where you take the year-over-year increase in earnings and subtract the rate of inflation, real average annual earnings are actually down 2% year-over-year, which is one of the reasons why inflation is such a a bugaboo for the party in, in power, because 
people are upset. You know, on a real basis, they are getting not wealthier, but less wealthy, and that causes uh, people to vote differently at the polls. That's right. And so you have to think about it in the prism of politics, and you have to think about it in the prism of investing in four risk assets, for investing. This is a great environment. We know that the Atlanta Fed is forecasting 9.6% for the fourth quarter. They may adjust that. We'll see. But what was interesting to me is the fact that there's some probabilities that are out there. And the fact that the Fed rate hike is now between 60 and 80% in the second quarter of next year. So Fed rate hikes could be in our future. Right. And they're going to also, you know, next week, we're going to hear from the FOMC. Um, they're going to talk about the the pace of tapering and whether they're going to continue with a $15 billion per month reduction or perhaps accelerate it. The thinking is they will accelerate it. They really have no excuses not to. The real key, though, is when do they actually raise interest rates? Because historically, the stock market tends to do well six months after the first rate increase. Now, I'm not saying run out and buy you know stocks hand over fist. I'm saying be selective because we have had a nice bounce. Uh, but don't get too concerned about the Fed because the economy is on such a strong footing. It can weather higher rates for a time. Derek Felsky, Chief Investment Officer at Annex Wealth Management. Dave Spano, President and CEO. We've got him for the rest of the half hour. If you came in late on the show, we'll have this show on the Annex Wealth Management Spotify channel this morning at 9 o'clock. Coming up next, how grandparents can bless grandchildren through financial planning. Also, if you're thinking about selling a business, we've got the steps to walk through when you want to consider that. If we can help, head to AnnexWealth.com, click that Get Started button. We'll be back on the Annex Wealth Management Show, 92.5 Fox News. It's time we talk about being overweight. Here at Annex Wealth Management, we know it's hard to avoid, especially this time of the year. We're not talking about your waistline. We're talking about your portfolio. If you haven't managed your portfolio mix throughout this turbulent year, there's a chance you're overweight in a sector. Visit with us at Annex. You'll get a wealth metric, a snapshot of your wealth health. Start the new year by getting your portfolio in shape. Visit AnnexWealth.com. Know the difference. Annex Wealth Management. One team, one plan, one fee. Money talk is straight talk from a fee-only fiduciary. It's time to know the difference. This is the Annex Wealth Management Show. Know the difference with Annex Wealth Management? At the core, Annex Wealth Management is about investment and retirement planning. But once a proper plan is in place, you got a path forward. And then... The fun stuff happens, like the joy of being a grandparent. Talk about that as Deanne Phillips, Director of Client Learning and Development, CFP and a CDFA at Annex Wealth Management. Hey, Deanne. Hey, Danny. So I'm not a grandparent yet. <laughs> I know. Uh, you definitely are. <laughs> but I tell you, and you know this, grandparenting is just different. It's like being an aunt or an uncle. You can stir them up and give them back, but it's it's deeper. You might want to bless them in certain ways through a well-crafted financial plan, and that's what we're going to talk about. Dan, if somebody wants to start out a grandchild on a, say, a path to higher education, I'm going to guess the 529 is usually where they start. Yeah, so grandparent or parent, and that I can relate to. So, yeah, these are state-sponsored education savings plans. They're called 529 plans. Each state has them, and they have built-in tax benefits, kind of like a Roth, but for education instead of retirement. So you put in after-tax money, and the earnings grow, and they're pulled out income tax-free if they're used for higher education qualified expenses. And it's fairly liberal what's a qualified expense. The law changed recently. Now you can make withdrawals for elementary through high school as well as college and beyond needs. At that college and beyond level, the funds can be used for tuition, room and board, fees, books, supplies, equipment. And using these funds for qualified expenses, remember, means no income taxes due on the earnings. 
Do you find or do you see that it's a lump sum contribution when the baby is born or do they do it throughout the years or a mix? I've seen people do a mix. This is an unusual year where you can actually bundle several years worth of deductions in a couple state plans and maximize the state income tax credit that you would get when you put into a plan. So that is worth looking into. Now, this is kind of old school, but have you seen clients open up something as simple as a savings account and a grandchild's name? Or, or is that like, that? that's my old generation? No, we still see that. However, there are a couple ways to do this. Opening up a savings in your own name, for example, like, let's say, and putting away with a purpose of assisting them at a later time for anything, car, house purchase, school. Doing it this way does not tie you to having to give it to the grandchild, however. And when you do, it would be considered a gift. So you would need to stay under the annual gifting limits or you just file that tax return. The other way to do it, if it's truly in the kiddo's name with the grandparent as the adult overseeing the child's money, you're actually establishing an UTMA, Unified Transfer to Minors, under the Unified Transfer to Minors Act. And remember, a person under majority age can't own their own financial assets outright. So you are kind of the caretaker of that money for them. Now, this money does become theirs at the age of majority if you set up that UTMA. And they can spend it then however they want. So there can be some considerations due it this route if the grandchild is going to file a FAFSA for educational loans and grants as well. Consult a planner. Is that 18, age of majority? It depends on the state. Got it. I can't imagine an 18-year-old ever squandering money, but you know, <laughs> that's what the protection is for. How about just plain old financial gifts? Not, like in the last year of my dad's life, he gave one of his grandchildren a car that he no longer drove, and the rest of his grandchildren got cash equivalents. Then we're talking about gift tax exclusions, things like that. Right. So for 2021, the annual gift tax exclusion is $15,000 per donor per recipient. So what that means is anyone can literally gift anyone up to $15,000 in assets a year free of federal gift taxes. Any value above that, and you file the form with your taxes accounting for your gift toward your lifetime exemption, but most likely no tax will be due. That exemption is really high. Dean Phillips is Director of Client Learning Development, a CFP and a CDFA at Annex Wealth Management. How about including a grandchild in a will or an estate plan? You must see that. Oh, sure. But remember, they can't inherit without a guardian over that money till they're the age of majority. One way to get around that is through a trust. Uh, but wills can include guidelines of how money can be passed along. Trust can't set specific provisions, however. So, for example, if you didn't want the child to receive all the, ma- the money at 18 years old, for example, then you can specify different ages when they would then be granted access and get different tranches of that money. I remember growing up and knowing trust fund kids. Um, I wasn't (laughs) one, but I definitely knew trust fund kids. One thing grandparents need to avoid, I think everybody's going to agree on this, is overspending. Mm -hmm. A good thing is great. Too much of a good thing is not. Yeah, you know, we always say always put the oxygen mask on yourself first. And that means making sure that your retirement dollars are sufficient and your financial plan works well for you before you start aggressively gifting. When it gets down to it, many are going to suggest that grandparents spend on experiences over things. You, you take them to the Grand Canyon, you teach them how to fish, you show them how to sail, you know, things like that. That's oh, more yeah. important, isn't it? It really, it, it is. And this goes back to the individual values of each person. So as a planner, I often hear from grandparents, they want to take their kids to Disney or on a trip for a special birthday. And we build that into the financial plan. You're right, Danny. These are indeed great memories and a terrific way 
to have a, what we call a living legacy. So spending some future inheritance while living on these great memories with family. Sure, so much better. Dan Phillips, Director of Client Learning and Development at CFP and a CDFA at Annex Wealth Management. Thank you for joining us. Thanks for having me. Stick around. More to come. Annex Wealth Management Show, 92.5 Fox News. It starts with a call. With one call, you can start seeing your future more clearly. If your financial picture is cloudy because you're getting conflicting tax, investment, and estate planning advice, help is a call or a click away. Annex Wealth Management's team works to get your investment plan in line with your tax plan and your estate plan. Build confidence with one team working to create one comprehensive plan as a fee-only fiduciary. Annex Wealth Management. One team, one plan, one fee. AnnexWealth.com. Need help? Head to AnnexWealth.com and click the Get Started button. Now back to the Annex Wealth Management Show. Know the difference with Annex Wealth Management, where we provide comprehensive investment and retirement planning tailored to our clients' needs. That ranges from starting people out on simple paths all the way to services designed for business executives and owners. With business owners, there comes a point when maybe it's time to put a plan into place to explore a sale, and that's what we're going to talk about here. Do that. Keith Butler joins me. He's a wealth manager and an attorney at Annex Wealth Management. Welcome back. Great to be here, Danny. Selling a business is something that's a process, and certain steps need to be taken to maximize the opportunity for the owner. And it's not an overnight process. But how far in advance should planning begin in order to sell a business? Well, I think it's something that should be thought about all the way through the lifetime of the business, but I would say at least five years, because that gives you time to get things cleaned up, if you will, to put a, a, a plan together. And right now, you know, today we're, we're not talking about a business succession plan to family members. We're talking about where you're trying to put it on the market for sale to the general public or to somebody in the industry, perhaps. But you want to plan in advance and get a team together. You've dealt with a lot of business owners over the years. The businesses, they're kind of like children to them, right? Very much so. And one thing that surprised me in a, in a very good way, I think, over the years is how deeply they care about it and the people that work for them in general. I saw many times in transactions where I represented both buyers and sellers, and you could tell that they really wanted to bend over backwards to make sure their people were protected. Yeah. What kind of team should a business owner assemble on the way to a sale? Well, first of all, you, you need to have your attorney. And there might be a couple of attorneys to engage. The first would be a transactional attorney, you know, the person who can execute the transaction itself, negotiate the buy-sell agreement and so on, and also an estate planner because your assets will be transitioning from a business, which typically is the largest asset a, an individual has that dominates their balance sheet, into probably cash. So now, the, the makeup being different, that will affect your estate plan quite a bit. You'll, of course, want an accountant. Uh, you will ha want to have an appraiser, someone who can provide an objective value of your company, because sometimes people, they, they guess up so too high or too low. It happens all the time. A business broker may be engaged, someone who can go out into the market and find the best potential buyers for you. And of course, you want a, a financial advisor, because again, you're converting a big asset that's not liquid into uh, liquid assets. Numbers are critical. They, they've got to be right. And these are things that can't be in a shoebox. They can't be on the back of an envelope. And it's something that, again, planning in advance, when we talked about how, how far in advance, I think probably the paper is the biggest thing, meaning that getting a clean balance sheet, getting financial records that really look clean, that wouldn't have some sort of liabilities that would bog down a new owner. You'd want to have a good lease in place. You may own the building. You may not. But if you don't, 
then having a good long-term lease in place gives some security to the buyer. So you'll want to get those financial records cleaned up, and a good accountant can really provide a lot of value along the way in that regard. Is it jumping too far ahead for anybody to announce that the company is going to go up for sale? I mean, you need to have everything in order, right? I mean, there, there are probably people out there who say, listen, Jimmy, you ever want to sell this place, you let me know, right? <laughs> right, right, right. You know, and uh, that's an interesting question, and it's really fact-dependent. You know, I talked to somebody very recently who was very concerned about announcing that because then all of a sudden, if your competitors know you're up for sale, they may see some some blood in the water. Uh-huh. But by the same token, getting the, the word out there may flush out some, some of the best potential buyers. Keith Butler is a wealth manager at Annex Wealth Management with significant experience in assisting business owners in the process of selling their business. We're going through a checklist of proper steps in preparing the business for sale, determining the proper value of the business. We talked a little bit about that. You suggested having the accountant and the appraiser. They're the team that helps there. Absolutely. And some of the things that they'll look at is obviously the financial and tax records. You know, that's really important for having several year track record of that. Uh, they'll look at the inventory, inventory levels. They'll look at a detailed information on customers because we all want big customers, right? But that provides risk. So they'll want to take a good look at the reliability of the customer base and the size. And if you have a whole bunch of reliable smaller customers, then you have a little less risk of losing a major contract. You'll also want to look at vendor contracts and leases. That's something that you want to make sure that there are things in place so that it's a favorable situation that a buyer is walking into. Licenses, liquor license if you're a a, um, restaurant or something like that would be really important. An intellectual property, is it, are there patents and trademarks that you have that those have values as well. At what point will potential buyers be able to see this information? Typically, once they express interest, there's a confidentiality agreement that is signed. Once that's signed and negotiated, then the uh, seller would have the confidence that you can provide some of this information. Would the broker help kind of narrow down that field so you just don't have a bunch of tire kickers? Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. A good broker will know the industry. They'll know who the real players are. That's part of the value that that they bring, right? There you go, right? You know, at Annex Wealth Management, financial planning and tax planning are incredibly important. And I would think anybody who has sold a business all of a sudden who might be looking at a very large sum of money Mm kind of needs to kind of walk through those steps. Absolutely. You know, a couple different ways of looking at it, because if you sell all at once, one closing, all the cash, then that can trigger a substantial capital gain bill, right? Or you could do an installment sale where you're paid over years and then that gain can be spread out. Now, obvious disadvantage to that is the possibility that uh, there's a default risk. Most people would want to get all their money in advance even despite that, but that is something you'd want to look at and your accountant can provide guidance with that. And then how about a financial planning angle? Oh, absolutely. Because at that point in time, you've converted, again, the, the dominant asset of your balance sheet, if you will, into cash, investable assets. So that is something where you need risk tolerance and analyzed uh, time frames, timelines, what kind of, uh, uh, do you want to do some gifting to kids? Do you want to set up accounts for others? There's a whole lot of different planning. And that's something you may want to do in advance too, Danny, especially if there is a taxable estate tax situation where it looks like the estate tax limits may be going down. Right now it's over $11 million an individual. It may go down to something like five. 
And still, that doesn't cover most people. But some businesses will fall into that range. And that's some planning you may want to do in advance where you can transfer some of that interest in that business perhaps to another generation on favorable terms. Because think about the blood, sweat, and tears that were yeah. poured into these businesses. It's important to follow these steps. Absolutely. Keith Butler, a wealth manager at Annex Wealth Management. Thanks for joining us. Oh, pleasure. Good stuff. We're going to take a break. We're going to be right back. It is Sunday, the 12th. This is the Annex Wealth Management Show, 92.5 Fox News. It's time we talk about being overweight. Here at Annex Wealth Management, we know it's hard to avoid, especially this time of the year. We're not talking about your waistline. We're talking about your portfolio. If you haven't managed your portfolio mix throughout this turbulent year, there's a chance you're overweight in a sector. Visit with us at Annex. You'll get a wealth metric, a snapshot of your wealth health. Start the new year by getting your portfolio in shape. Visit AnnexWealth.com. Know the difference. Annex Wealth Management. We can review, know the difference minutes, planning topics, including investments, retirement, tax, and estate. It's all on the Annex Wealth Management YouTube channel. Just search Annex Wealth Management. Need help? Head to AnnexWealth.com and click the Get Started button. Now, back to the Annex Wealth Management Show. We're back. Website, AnnexWealth.com. This is the Annex Wealth Management Show, 92.5 Fox News, Sunday, December 12th. Again, if you came in late on the show, we'll have it on our Spotify channel this morning at 9 a.m. Derek Felsky, Chief Investment Officer at Annex Wealth Management in the studio. So is Dave Spano, our President and CEO. Thanks, Danny. You know, early in this segment, uh, we were talking about how the market looks into the future. And one of the things that Derek said, Danny, is that, you know, don't go run out and buy stocks hand over fist, but you want to know if there are opportunities and there's ways to, to look for them. And one of the most important things that we look at, Derek, is free cash flow. So when you're starting to put your buy list together, and maybe this weekend might be the time to do that, there's some things that you can look at, and there are some sectors that are offering opportunities. Yeah, I think you really, you want to stay away from companies that don't make money that are and are trading at a high multiple of sales uh, without any earnings or any free cash flow generation, because because if rates do rise as we expect, as the Fed gets out of the, the, the bonds yield suppression business and volatility returns to the markets, companies that have dividends, free cash flow, the ability to do stock buybacks and so on, those ought to be re- rewarded by investors. As an example, uh, both Oracle and Broadcom reported uh, Thursday night, both raised guidance, both increase their buybacks, and one stock was up 16%, the other up 8 and both are heavy free cash flow generators. And there's no question. See, there's things that you can look at. There are seg segments you can look at. There are statistics that you can look at. And, you know, there's no question in my mind that the Fed has over-primed the pump, and now they're going to have to tap on the brakes. And so they're going to, the first thing, as we talked about, they're going to taper, right? And that tapering we're going to see until, of course, their purchases get to zero, which will likely be in March or so, and then they'll begin to tighten, likely. Right. But again, this will be a data dependent situation. I mean, they've they've basically said all along that they were going to allow the, the economy to run hot and then they were going to reduce accommodation as they saw that occur. And we approached full employment and you could argue four point two percent is pretty full employment and three point right. five is the lowest number we've seen in the past 50 years. But we are in the bottom decile of unemployment rates going 
back a long way. So the Fed has got to pivot, and so next year, 2022, is going to be this transition year for so many things. The Federal Reserve and their liquidity is certainly part of that. The transition perhaps back out of this crazy virus that we've been in, perhaps that transition happens. And of course, in November of next year, there's going to be an election. So this transition is going to be the word for 2022. So it really goes through your portfolio and say, how can I benefit from that? One of the things that we do, Derek, is we take in portfolios and we go security by security, and maybe the stuff that you had may not be the stuff going forward. Right. I mean, I'm, I'm always amazed when I talk to people, you know, about their 401ks or what their asset allocations are, and they typically have no idea. Many of them don't even look at the statements on a monthly basis, and I guarantee you, if you have a 401k and it has exposure to equities, that equity allocation is now significantly above what you initially set it at, and what I'm suggesting is next year as the bond bond market uh, changes its character as the Fed exits in a sense, the volatility in the bond market is going to pick up as will a volatility in the stock market and you need to be rebalancing and taking advantage of that volatility so that when, that when there are more dangerous times ahead, you'll be able to position yourself and use some dry powder and reallocate appropriately. And you're anchored then to fundamentals and one of the things uh, you said in a client meeting earlier this week is don't trade the headlines because they're going to be lots of them throughout 2022. But the final thought, of course, is that you're anchored to fundamentals and that the stock market is not the economy. So make sure that you know what you own, why you own it, and how much you're paying for it. Dave mentioned that 2022 is going to be a year of transition. Maybe it's going to be a year of transition for you. Maybe you have ended a job. You're going to get into retirement. Maybe you have sold a company. Maybe you have lost a spouse. Maybe you've changed directions. Maybe you're just going to be different in 2022 because the conditions certainly are going to be. If we can help, head to our website, Get Wealth Metric. That's all of our insight, all of our technology. It is more than a portfolio review. You can start at AnnexWealth.com. Click that Get Start a button. Most important part, we're a fee-only fiduciary. See you in a week on the Annex Wealth Management Show, 92.5 Fox News. The Annex Wealth Management Show is hosted by Annex Wealth Management, a fee-only registered investment advisor. Important information about the qualifications and business practices of Annex is available at AnnexWealth.com. Different types of investments involve varying degrees of risk. Please consult with a qualified fiduciary advisor about your specific situation.